I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. All right, Annie, is your Barbie <laughs> Barbie week over? Yes. Is that still your highlight? Oh, no, Barbie week's over. I feel like, you know, it's been a while. Time to move on. I know there's other shows. Time I to move on. I it. Uh, that's okay. We'll, we'll find a time. We'll still, you got to see it. Unless, I uh, guess... Maybe you'll just have to wait till it comes out on Amazon Prime. <laughs> that, that, that is more my style. And if I'm going to the movies, they better serve food and wine. That's all I'm saying. Like, we need to make this like a date if it's going to be worth going to watch TV somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> all right. So you have a pretty exciting highlight. You told me about it. Uh, okay. Well, it's not really my highlight. It's That's more true. my dad's highlight. And so this was a week ago. Um, he came back from Sholo. My parents were playing golf and he's like, Annie, you're not going to believe it. I got two birdies in nine holes. And I was like, are you for real? <laughs> like, I can't believe this. He's like, uh, hole number four, it's a par five. And he's like, I was 75 yards. I used my 52 degree and there's bunkers all on the right. And I knew right after I hit it, I was like, oh, this ball's going right. And then he's like, I hear it hit a rake and it bounces off. The ball bounces off the rake onto the green and starts rolling towards the hole. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, it was 10 feet. And I made the putt for birdie. I can't believe this. I was like, I need to like literally see this for me to really believe it. But and you know, he, he can hit a million golf balls from the same spot. He's never going to hit that rake ever again. <laughs> I know. But. Mr. Brown, like, that's awesome. I know. That's pretty good. good. For you. And then he tells me and then he's like, just wait. Now we jumped a whole number nine. It was a front pin, 100 yards. He was like, ended up all the way in the back. And I drained a 60 foot putt. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Golf is a game of luck. It seriously is. That's it, what there's you a told little. Him? I know. I was like, just a little bit. You could it's hard let him work. shine. For I a was little? like, no, this is unfair. No, <laughs> hitting a rake and making that long of a putt. I mean, I've had some pretty long putts. You know, I've made like a fifty wow, footer. Wow, sounds like but someone is a little salty. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's unfair. No, it's. Uh, wow. But I was like, you know what? For. I was like, that's pretty impressive and told me he shot a 44 and I was like, I guess I'm proud, you know, because he never you listens to me, proud. I guess, because he never listens to me when I want to make a swing change. And I was like, he's too stubborn. So, well, do you listen to him? No. Anyways, that was like the big highlight, but I was Aww. like, oh, that's going to be a story of a lifetime. That's awesome. Good uh, uh, how about you? So I don't have a highlight, but I have something that was pretty life changing. Okay. Um, I'm okay. Oh, this See, what's like, life changing? <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> but, so, social media, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be anywhere in between. But when I'm on social media, and I think it's different because I'm a little older, so I don't really like. I see what's fake, I see what's real, and I I get more inspired by social media than anything. Uh, I don't really know how to work social media, but uh, I have someone helping me. So that's good. Um, but anyways, there is a, a lady. Her name is Tori Totless. You actually introduced her to me um, a while back. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of this lady before. And so I actually went on social media and I started following her. And she just has a lot of 
good things to say. And um, she's an amateur, but she plays in all the amateur events. And so her social media is about following along her journey, but she also creates all these events and like these little practice plans with instructors. And anyway, she's awesome. Uh, but yesterday I came across her page um, again, and there was um, like on Instagram, you can put like a little uh, question box. And so she put at the top, I wish I knew. And then everyone that followed her could put something in that box. Like, I wish I knew, da, 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 da. And one of her followers said, I wish I knew your score doesn't define you. And that was so life-changing for me because I felt pretty alone in that. But now I realize looking at high school, college, professionals, the way, because we always say, like, I don't care what other people think of me. But I think that is a way, like, not us as, like, people, but, like, golf scores. Like, they're going to judge us off of my score. Because that's how you get golf scholarships. That's how you, um, that's how you qualify for high school season. Like, that's, that's what defines you. Well, and it makes you right? feel great. If you, you know, oh, my gosh, I just shot a 72 and I feel awesome. Yeah. But then if we shoot a 95, even if we're regular, then it's like, man, that really sucked right there. Yes. And then if someone sees, oh, you shot a 90, oh, you shot a 95. Like, I remember... I think in the past sometimes it'd be like, oh, you must have had a rough time shooting in 95. And at times it's kind of like when I'm a beginner, I'm like 95 is awesome. But it's also but at the time I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like crying after my 90s rounds or even 100 when I'd shoot 100 because yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so embarrassing because yeah. everyone else is shooting 80s, 70s. And then you're the one girl who shot in 95. And yeah. so it makes you feel like you're out of place a little bit. No, I, I, I 100 percent agree because. The 80s defines me when I was in college. 80, 81 define me. When I was in the 70s, I'm like, I know that can define me. Like, I want that to be me. And then when I shot in the 60s, I'm like, I don't even know this person. And everyone else was like, oh my God, you've never shot in the 60s before. You know, because like 80s is what defines me. Like, everyone always expects me to shoot high 70s, low 80s. Like that was it, you know, but if it was ever over 81, then it was like, oh my God, what happened? I know. Why do we have that approach? Because we just do. And it's like, I know. But that's what it is. mm -hmm. Like we, because in in tournament play in college, in high school too, but you have, well, no. What is it in high school? In college is play five, count four. Yeah, it's the same thing where high school, five players, you count the top four scores. Okay. Yeah. So it was always like, well, you know, the number one girl, like we can always count on her because she shoots in the low 70s, high 60s. Number two, she's somewhere in the 70s too. Number three is in the 70s. And then four, which was me, like I was four or five. It was like, it could be a high 70. It could be a low 70. It could be a low 80s. But we like don't really know until I finished around what it's going to be. But I'm telling you, like when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that was such like PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Well, because then I look at, I know I always bring up high school girls and boys, but that's what it is. Like if like one of my high school kids, like he scores under par most of the time right? And when he doesn't, I'm like, so what happened? 
like, what do you mean? What happened? I, <laughs> like, oh, I define you to shoot under par. Like, that's how I see you. So what happened? While, you know, like someone else that I teach shoots, you know, 82, which is their best game. And so if they shoot under, it's like, oh my God, that's so great. But they still feel like they, that 80 is like what defines them. And we need to change that. I know. But I don't know how to. I know. I don't know either because I've had many, many rounds in the 90s. And so it kind of just gets frustrating because I'm like, I don't know. I think that's what makes golf a little bit hard <laughs> because it's well, like yeah. I want to play. I don't know because I want to play well and I want to score well. And then I well, feel we have guilty. To, to make money. And, uh, exactly. But like even in general, it's just like even back in college when I didn't score the best, you know, I was 80s. 90s I still just felt like guilty I think because I just want to play well and I want to you know I want to be the best but it just stinks when you just like have those rounds of playing bad golf well <laughs> like the U.S. Open who was it that shot an 81 Dustin Johnson uh or no just the other one Justin oh, Thomas Justin Thomas yeah, <laughs> yeah. <There's it>. uh, <laughs> but he's what 81 yeah yeah 11 over and everyone was like Oh my God, did you see he shot an 81? Like, that's wild. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, he's pretty human. But, like, I, like, he probably, can you imagine him turning in his scorecard? Like, what do you think he thought? This is horrendous. <laughs> this is yeah, unacceptable. Do you, think, do you think he was, like, ashamed to the public that he shot an 81? I don't think so, because I don't think that he would be on tour if he felt that way. Yeah. No. He's not ashamed. I think he probably posted something on Instagram or Twitter as a joke or something like, oh, yeah, yeah I shot an 81. Because he doesn't care. But that's what we do. We care because we're like, I don't want an 8 to define me. I want a 7 to define me. I want a 6 to define me. And if I can just shoot in the 70s, like I'm going to be a better person and people are going to like me and people are going to care about me more. They're going to give me more free stuff and they're going to want to be around me and da 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 Like, you know, that's what I think. But that kind of goes into our topic today about habits and breaking habits. And that's a first habit is <laughs> what do we do? Because I truly think that a negative mindset is a habit. Would you agree? Yes, yes it is. Yeah. And it's hard and it's tough. It's like, and I know I've had some negative thoughts recently because it's just frustrations of like, why am I not scoring? And it's not even recently, like it's been a while. Those just negative thoughts, I'm trying really hard to control them because I don't know when you're playing on the course. Oh my gosh, I just had a blow up hole. What do I need to do next to solve? Oh my gosh, I'm going to need to get like six birdies if I want to, you know, it's scoring. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I have um, this article um, that, I thought was really, really helpful. Um, her name is Kiana Shelton and she is like a health something. <laughs> but anyways, she said that um, the automatic response happens when we do a particular thing consistently, whether it's good or bad. So keep that in mind, good or bad. The brain picks up on these habits and makes them automatic in a way the brain is trying to be helpful, but unfortunately, there isn't a differentiation between good or bad, just how many times you've used the pattern. This can make it difficult to break or change unwanted habits. So how long does it take to break a habit? So according to Shelton, um, since the brain doesn't distinguish between good and bad habits, and it's difficult for the brain to unlearn them, it can take an average to um, of 30 to 60 days to actually 
break a habit. And what I really took away from this um, compared to golf is when we say a lot of my students are saying like, oh, I came for a lesson. Like, what do I what do I do now so that I don't pick up any bad habits? And I see it all the time. Like that's like literally the first thing they tell me when they come for a lesson is like, I have so many bad habits and I'm like, okay, well let's break them. And to me as an instructor, if, if your bad habit is topping it, and I don't even know if you want to call it a bad habit because it's just a habit. Yes, it is a bad habit because you're missing the golf ball. But yeah. like, would you really call it a bad habit? It's no. just unfortunate habit. <laughs> yes. And especially like, for example, what's my habit swinging across my body? It's because it's five years of just doing it. Like it's the without knowing way. the wrong way. It's just doing it without really knowing say. it's a bad habit. So how do we break that habit? And so for my students, like if you constantly top the golf ball and I tell them, okay, all I want you to do is like literally dig a hole in the ground on this next swing. I know they're not going to dig a hole because they've been topping the ball for so long. So I just want you to take a huge, huge divot, like the biggest divot. Imagine you're in a bunker and just take a divot and they can't do it. So for another like two, three, four, five shots, they're trying to take ground. And then finally they hit the ground and they're like, oh my God, but that's not what I want. And I'm like, of course it's not what you want. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to solve your issues, but you just broke your habit of topping the golf ball. So if you can now hit three golf balls in a row by taking a chunk of grass out, you just broke your habit. Now we just need to find like a middle ground, right? Yeah. But that's the tricky part in golf is being perfect because <laughs> you have to take enough grass to hit down at the golf ball. So if you're not taking enough grass, you're going to top it. If you take too much, you're going to chunk it. So it's all about timing. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you have to break that habit. So for you coming across your body, what have we done to break that habit? Many, many drills. We don't have this on video, but for example, swinging across, you know, you get to the top and you're swinging to the left. If you're listening, if to you're this, a righty, if you're right handed, when you don't want that, you want to swing out to the right. And so I literally over exaggerate by almost doing a loop to get the feel of it. I just over exaggerating, I think was like a key thing for me to just do the opposite. So my, cause it has to become a muscle memory. And so I had to just do it enough times to finally feel that I'm coming into out in the golf swing. And it took a habit. It was a habit. You and Drew gave me drills to do, and I had to keep doing them over and over to get rid of that yeah. habit. Drew gave you the drill, and I'm just drill sergeant. <laughs> drill police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure that you're doing it. But yeah, you're correct. If you're coming across as a righty, then from the top of your swing, your hands are in front of your face. So that means you're out to the right. So you're out to the right, and then you're swinging in to the left. But so what we want you to do is swing from the inside of your body at the top of your swing. So have your hands behind your head and then swing out. So we want you to go in to out. And I know that sounds complicated, but it's the complete opposite from what you've been doing. Yes. And so there's a lot of drills that you've done. The drills are different, but it's the same idea. And yes, it is important for you to feel it because golf is all about feeling it as you are doing it. So just hitting golf ball after golf ball after golf ball is not ideal because you need to get to the top of your swing and feel what you need to do there to make sure you're going in to out rather than out to in. And especially as you said that, I think it's because 
we are very much result oriented, especially focusing on scoring. But even this, I'm going to hit this ball over and over and not really focus on the swing just until I get the result. You know, I'm not really like stopping at the top at times or not like, you know, if you're tired of topping the ball, but you just keep trying to swing fast or if you want swing speed, but you're topping the ball, then you kind of got to cut off swing speed. You know, I don't know. You got to find that balance. Yes. Well, and there's a lot of, you know, people could like what you're saying, we're result oriented. And as adults, like we hear what you're saying. So adults tell me like, I hear what you're saying. I just can't do it. And I'm like, right, because you keep swinging the same way. You know exactly what I want you to do because you've seen me do it for you. And you see the difference as I am doing it. But to do it, if you have bad habits, like your body's going to take over. And so what we really have to do is wherever that is, it's usually from the top of your swing or the start of your swing because the backswing is what sets you up for success or failure in, in your, um, in your follow through. Um, but you have to get to the point of where we're trying to change. So if it's your takeaway, if it's the top of your swing, get to the top of your swing, stay there feel out what it is that you're doing. Are you over the ball? Are you tall? Is your hands behind you? Are they in front of you? Like, what do I need to change? Because just listening and hearing it is not going to solve it. You need to break the habit, whatever that is. And you need to work hard at it. Because habits sometimes are hard to break. And it's not even just golf habit, life habits. I mean, we just all have habits. Like, I don't know, making your bed every morning. (laughs) For example, truth, like I did not do that during my junior high and maybe beginning of high school. I never did that. My mom would be like, you need to make your bed. But I just didn't do it because I was like, oh, what's the purpose of making my bed when I'm just going to go back right in it? You know, it was stupid. And then finally, I think it was more my junior year of high school or something. I actually started doing it and I actually felt like the difference. And so years have gone by and it's like it's every day it's just that habit of making your bed every single day yeah and just and we have habits we brush our i mean starting at age four three you parents teach us brush your teeth do this i mean since we get teeth huh yeah teeth four that's too late three two (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't have kids (laughs) Uh, yeah but those life habits i mean throughout the rest of our lives you know are what's gonna help us i feel like or i don't know Yeah. No. And again, like you need to, if your habit is working for you, great. But if there's something that you want to change, you need to break that habit. So whatever that is, like for me, like I, one of my goals is to take at least 10,000 steps a day. I work at a golf course, so it's not that hard. Like I'll get to around like eight, 9,000. But so a habit that I just incorporated now when my kids went back to school is that I wake up about 45 minutes before them and I just go out for a walk. So right now, um, like when did you get here at eight? Yeah. So yeah. 45 and I'm already at 5,000 steps. And so I've already set myself up for success so that I don't have to do it later or, you know, cause I know myself, I have more energy in the mornings. I know that after I'm done at work, taking care of the kids, going like doing life, at night, I am so tired. I can't even finish a show because I fall asleep on the couch. So how am I going to like go out for a walk? 
it also sets me up for like a great start to the day. But it is a habit. Like this morning I woke up and I'm like, oh, I would just rather lay here. It was nice and cozy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. maybe I can just scroll on my phone, you know, just lay here. Well, like, it's so no, relaxing. It is <laughs> relaxing, but like I don't need relaxing. I need to go for a walk because I know that that makes me feel better. I know that's what I need. So I just need to make it a habit. And I'm okay waking up at 5.30, but I'm not okay staying up until 11 because I, I know I can't. Like that's just not my personality, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I made that a habit. And every night before like the kids go to bed, I take out their backpacks, I take out their clothes, I fill up their snacks, like their water bottles. And it's just nice because the next morning I don't I don't have to do that because I already did it. I know where everything is. Like, I mean, it sounds so silly, but like laying out your clothes the day before. Oh, I do that all the time. I've always done that. Yeah. I always pick out my outfit the day before. And Even so in high nice. school. In high school, I literally had to get up at like 5.30 in the morning. Because mm-hmm. I had, uh, I took zero hours, so school started at six thirty. I just wanted what? extra credit classes or whatever. But I mean, I always picked out my outfit beforehand. Started packing my lunch. I just always did things the day before, and I still do. I picked out my golf outfit that I'm wearing today. Yeah. Last night, you just you know. No, but I, I, I think that helps a lot in life, and also because I don't like to stress. Like the worst thing that can happen to me is like someone stressing me. I don't like it. And I've realized that lately that like I need to breathe. I need to have like a half hour, an hour. Like my job is talking a lot all the time. And sometimes I just don't want to talk. So (laughs) I just need like 20 minutes where I just sit in my car or, you know, go for a walk and I just don't have to talk, you know, but that makes me happy. And I know that's how I function as a person. So making it a habit, waking up, getting some time to myself, listening to a podcast, walking for 30, 40 minutes, getting my steps in. And then I am ready for my girls when I get home and we get them ready. And then, you know, it's just a habit and it's a routine and I like it. (laughs) I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. And something I was thinking about, about how we're talking about the routines is it reminds me so recently I was reading, I'm not done yet, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a good book um, that you should get too. And one of the latest he talked about was um, the greatest threat to success is not failure, but boredom. And we talked about boredom back at episode, I think three or four, when we talked about lack of motivation. And I feel like that kind of relates a little bit because I'll start a habit, but then I'll get bored you know, because we get bored with habits because they stop delighting us. The outcome becomes expected. And as our habits become ordinary, we start derailing our progress to seek novelty. It's just like when we don't start seeing those results with habits, I think we can just kind of get away from them, you know? Yeah. That's something I have had to just you know, I've learned and I got to get better at certain habits. <laughs> it's well, just that's tough. What I'm saying like if, if a habit is something that needs to change to become a habit. So just because you say, oh, I'm going to go on walks. Now that's not a habit yet. <laughs> just <laughs> you say, you know, like you, you got to do it. it a habit. <laughs> like I, so like I've never been like, this is, you know, personal, but like I've always um, like always 
had a hard time with like weight, you know, for me, like I've never been, well, actually I did get super skinny <laughs> when my freshman year of college. Cause I'm like, Oh crap. Like I don't know how to cook. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. And I got home for Christmas and everyone was like, Oh my God, you lost a lot of weight. But that's literally <laughs> the only time someone's ever said I lost a lot of weight. And so like my, like my appearance has always been like a struggle and you know, like now, um, I have a, a macro coach, which I'm like super helpful or which is super helpful. And I'm very thankful for him because it's a habit. Like I need to track my food every day because if I don't track my food, I literally have no idea like what I'm eating, how I'm eating, when I'm eating it. Like I think that I'm doing good and then I'll track it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like the other day I was like, have a certain amount of carbs that I can eat. So macros is just macronutrients. So it's like, um, um, an amount of protein, amount of fat and amount of carbs. And you track them just to see like how your body reacts to it. And like it was, um, we went on a staycation (laughs) and like every Saturday it's like a refeed meal, which just means like you don't track it. But I was like, oh my God, like something is off. Like, I don't know like why I feel so like bloated and like I gain like, like pounds overnight, like ridiculous. And I'm like, it wasn't even that bad. And I talked to my macro coach and he's like, well, it sounds like you took like a refeed day and not a meal. (laughs) Like he was like, you had a, um, a Bloody Mary, which has like a lot of sodium in it. And he's like, so you had a Bloody Mary and then you had fried Brussels sprouts. And all I saw was Brussels sprouts, not like the fried <laughs> part, you know? And so when I started thinking about that, I was like, yeah, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. But that has like, I started with uh, my macro coach back in the spring because I'm like, okay, we don't want any more kids. Um, like I'm ready to just be like the best version of myself. And it's really hard for me. Like it's really, really hard for me to stick to the macros. So I have to put them in my fitness pal to make sure that I stick to them. Um, But that has like, it has to be a habit for me to put that in every night, what I can eat the next day. And I know that sounds super strict and it sounds, you know, like maybe not healthy, but it is for me. Like that's what I need because otherwise like, I literally don't know what I'm going to put in my body. Like, I just don't know. Um, and so I've had him since, what did I say? Like March or something like that. And it's now August and it is a habit sometimes, but as soon as I get off of that, like bus of tracking my food for a day or two, it goes south. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like even if we take just, oh, two or three days off from doing something or even a week. Yeah. It just starts to fade. It's just, you know, it just starts to fade away because it brings back boredom. Okay. I'm doing all these workouts, but I'm not seeing results or I'm doing a diet, not seeing results. And so I don't want to do it anymore. And that's exactly what it is because boredom, like you're not always going to be motivated. Right. So when I go to the gym, like I'm there and yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to lift a little heavier today because I know that like the heavier you lift, the more calories you're going to burn and, you know, because your heart rate is up there because you're working harder. And I was like, man, I could lift 10 pounds heavier on every single thing I was doing. But for like the past two weeks, I've been doing 10 pounds lighter. 
So I'm like, clearly I'm not putting in like my best effort in here, you know, but it's just, it's hard. Like golf is not hard to me. Like golf is not hard to me at all. It is not hard for me to go to work. It's not hard for me to show up every day. It's not hard for me to do any of that. But when it comes to me, like food, gym, stuff like that, it is really, really hard for me. And so I really need to make an effort every single day that I wake up and make the choice that this is what I want to do. And I hope soon <laughs> that it's going to become a habit. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And I like that with habits too. And I'm thinking how we were talking. Um, so you talked about like golf mentality habit and like health habits, daily habits. And I'm even thinking like more back into golf. You know, last week's episode was rules. And so those rules kind of become habits a little bit, like marking my ball, not stepping in someone's line. Yeah, absolutely. Doing this, like golf becomes habits. Like I don't have to think about a ball marker anymore because it's just already with me every time yeah. or tea and fixing a divot. It becomes a natural habit after you keep doing it over and over for Absolutely. golf. No. And, and that's what we were talking about last week too. You know, learning all these things of a habit of teeing off <laughs> like in the right spot, but like also where to walk with your push cart or if you're driving a cart, like making it a habit to see where you need to park the cart you know, like those things. And even with a golf cart, if someone's hitting, I'm not going to just keep driving. You know, you stop mm -hmm. for it to be quiet and then yeah. you keep going. There's those smallest things in golf etiquette that you're going to catch over time. And then it becomes a habit. And then it's just, oh, I don't have to stress about it at mm -hmm. all because it's been, you know, repetitive over time. And so that's kind of yeah. how I feel like with golf. Yeah. And I agree with you with the boredom thing. Because I can, I see that everywhere. And if you don't see results, then you're not going to want to continue. But breaking a habit is, to me, you have to be very intentional about what you're trying to do. Everything has to be intentional. The smallest to the biggest or smallest to largest has to be intentional. Yeah. And I was thinking one other quote from that book. I was, he says, the only way to become excellent is to be endlessly fascinated by doing the same thing over and over. You have to fall in love with boredom. And I think, I guess I see boredom too, back like we keep talking about results. You know, if I'm not at my, if I'm not seeing the best round after three months, well, then what's doing, you know, or my swing issues are not where I want them, or I'm not hitting it as far as I want to in three months, then that's kind of when we can fall away, you know. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel yeah. with that. Putting practice. <laughs> Perfect example. Like I have um, Google Sheets that I send out to my students of practice for each week. And they have four different things that they can choose from. So like putting, chipping, bunker, and driver this week. And they're like, are we doing the same thing? And I'm like, yes, you are doing the same thing. Because even though it's boring, like repetitive motion and repetitiveness like of putting for example is what's going to make you better and i guess my only thing about that is some people say from other golf books i've read is oh golf is never the same so you shouldn't do that you know True. that's like where the it balances like oh don't just chip from the same spot 
But I'm also like, well, how am I going to get better? You know, where's that balance? Okay, perfect story for you. So um, where I'm teaching, and you've run into some of them, but there's a lot of people that like to talk to you when when you practice, right? <laughs> yes. And so I had um, I had a new student the other day, and she was asking like, oh, what can I do? Um, you know, to like get better, like where do I start and all this stuff. And I said, well, we need to have a better general idea of what it is that you're doing well, what you need to work on. And we won't know that until you go on the course. But if you're not comfortable going on the course, let me give you a drill or like an evaluation sheet pretty much, you know. And the first thing was you need to put 50 golf balls from um, from 10 feet. Well, we started at five, but like it was five, 10, 15. Um, and then I'm like, just write down how many you make out of those 50 because that will give us like a better idea of like all right let's see and then like a month from now or two months from now we can go back and and see if she improved right and so this man came up to talk to her and he was like I don't know why your coach is making you do this um I'm a coach and you should never putt from the same place and da 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 and and I'm like you know what like at first I was like a little mad because I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why do you do that? But to be fair, like he didn't give this lady time to breathe to even like say something. Because if she would have had a moment to say something, she could have said, well, I'm just evaluating right now where I'm at. So I'm just hitting from the same spot to see how many balls I make in the hole. You know, but he was so fast to be like, this is not going to help you. Well, maybe that drill wasn't to help you. It was just to evaluate where you were. So you have to, and it's basically, there's different types of drills and not if you want to get better at, um, on the putting green, say you're having a lot of different lies on the putting green, then okay, don't go putt from the same spot. It just depends what's on the course, you know, kind of take that to the green. Yeah. What is your intention about this practice? That practice in particular was, I need to evaluate to see how many balls you make in the hole from five feet or 10 feet, or 15 feet, or how many two putts you had from 20 feet. For you, I would hope from 20 feet that you're always going to two putt. I would never give you that evaluation. But for you, it's like, okay, when we make it on the green, you need to have the mindset of like making it in the hole. You know, so from like 10 feet, you need to make X amount of balls, you know, and like the drill that we gave you with like the dot with the Sharpie, so we start the ball on a Sharpie dot and then you have to um, you have to put a little Sharpie mark like a foot or two in front of you to roll over. So instead of focusing on the hole, you're focusing on that spot and you were drilling them. I mean, you made like, what, 17 putts in a row or something from 10 feet, mm-hmm. but that gave you confidence. So it's all about like what that drill is teaching you. So that's why I'm like, don't get in someone else's business about what they're trying to do. And especially as we are here, um, I mean, obviously ask, but like ask and let the person have some space to actually talk rather than just like immediately run into like, I don't like this. Why are you doing this? You're not going to get better. Well, you don't really know what they're working on. So just ask first. 
Yeah, that was my whole point. And especially back to putting. Okay, I don't know if we shared this story or not already in the past couple episodes, but I remember you telling me that there was a girl on your college golf team who was a very good putter. Or is this you? You changed your mindset to, I'm going to make this putt. I'm not going to two putt. There was some story. I remember you telling yeah. me, was that you or was no, it your it teammate? Me. I was like, who was I wish that? I had that mindset. <laughs> I was like, remind me of that story. No, it was just, I mean, she became the number one on our golf team in college. And like over the summer, her whole mindset had changed. So instead of like being okay shooting 75, she was like, I have enough birdie opportunities and I'm going to make these putts. And she did. And then she shot in the 60s. And I know, again, that sounds really easy because, oh, I can do that. No, it takes a lot of work to make that a habit. It takes a lot of work because even if you say it, like if I say right now, that tomorrow I'm going to go out and shoot a 69. Like, sounds great. I could, I've done it before, but it takes a lot of work to 69 times tell yourself that you are good enough and that you can make this shot the best shot. Because if you, if, if you hit 89 shots, so 89 times you have to tell yourself that this is the best shot that I'm ever going to (laughs) hit, you know, but you have to make it a habit. And that's pretty much end of the story. (laughs) So whatever you're trying to change, it's not a habit until you make it a habit. Yeah. So I like, um, what you shared today, you gave me a lot of advice and I feel like a lot of people cause habits make a big difference. And especially I really liked about score doesn't define you and it's time it takes time but i have to really still really work hard on that because it just feels like it does because it's just it just feels like it because oh it's a number on you so it just feels like it so no i I agree and that was as i said like to summarize this like scores does not define you they do not define you as a person and just keep that in mind lots of talking today Yes, it was awesome. Get to work. Let's get your swing into out. (laughs) You're doing really good. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast.